What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Um, another week with a lot to talk about. So Hunter and I are going to look at the Iowa State game and all the glory that that was. Uh, look forward to the Oklahoma State game this weekend and then do a little basketball talk to finish it up. So here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online and it's easy and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at Raider at primeres.com through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Just me and Hunter this week, but man, we got a lot to talk about. Hunter, how are you feeling? I know we were both in the stadium for Saturday, so how how are you? I I, I assume the smile on your face has not gone away. No, it hasn't. Yeah, I'm feeling great. That was awesome. It's one of those <laughs> rare games where you're feeling it days after. You know, yes. still kind of thinking about. That's a. It was a great game. And I, I feel like we've, I've watched some of those, and and, and when it's a loss, you just yeah. it makes it so much worse, and it's the opposite effect when you win, because um, it was, it was a all around. I mean, every there were so many key plays when it's a game like that. I guess that's that makes sense. There's so many key plays, and then players, and just moments that without it, you know, you know, I don't think we win. Yeah, you know, it, it reminded me. Like I drove in for the, we were living in Fort Worth at the time and I drove in for the TCU tech game, the Aaron green catch in the end zone game. And that's kind of what it reminded me of, but obviously like, I think I would have felt as good if we would have won that game as I did Saturday. And, but you're right. I mean, that, that was another one of those games where it was just twists and turns all the way to the end. And, and what's so weird is, I mean, how many times does it feel like, the un- I mean, we've talked about it. The universe just seems against <laughs> Texas Tech football in a lot of ways. And it even did Saturday. Like, all of those reviews, the call, the, the lack of calls, the, the calls that were made. I mean, it just seemed like every- clearing out two student sections for one water bottle. Like, it, it just seemed like this is just here we go again. And the fact that it wasn't, like, it's just it just feels so good. <laughs> Yeah, and it was close, man. They they missed a couple throws. Yeah, that might have won it. We obviously they make a sixty-two yard field goal. I mean, I wonder, I wonder if we would have attempted. You know, we gained like two yards on our last play. Yeah, through the flats to Xavier White. Like, I wonder if those two yards was was the difference between throwing in the end zone and attempting it. 
I mean, because yeah. would we have really tried a 64 yarder or 65, whatever that would have been? I think you would have made it. I think you would have made kick. it, but I don't, but I don't yeah. know if we would have tried it. I, I don't know. Maybe we would have. Uh, there, yeah, there was, I, you know, being there, I didn't understand what was happening when they were clearing the students. I couldn't hear people were yelling. <laughs> well, Will, my brother-in-law leaned over to me and said, like, it, they, it sounds like there's a bomb over there. Like the way they said it, it was like sections 22 and 23. I need you to clear immediately, you know, and then the, the world we currently live in. I, I, I didn't, I, cause we like, obviously being there and it wasn't like it, it wasn't like the old Miss Tennessee game where it was just a downpouring of garbage and items. Like I didn't see anything being thrown. So that's why it was so weird. Yeah. And what, uh, you know, do we want to talk about the calls? Because I've looked at him. I think the Koontz interception was legit. But the, the problem was I like legitimately an inter- interception. Yes. I don't I don't think Explain it would have to me. Because so if he down the moment, I, I don't think if the ball would have hit the ground, I think it would have been an incomplete pass. Oh, so he never had it was basically a fumble. Well, I, no, I don't. I don't think it was a fumble. I think it was an I think oh, that's what I'm saying. Sorry. I think it yes. been, yeah. yeah. I think it would have yeah. been an incomplete pass. I think. Now I and the uh, maybe I'm just I don't know if the, the NFL rules are different, but I think you have to kind of hit the ground and maintain possession if you're if it's in the act of a catch. Right. But, the, but my problem with that one is if that was a a um, an interception, then the Monroe one should have been an interception because that guy hits the ground and the ball's wrestled away from him as he's as Monroe is wrestling it away from Kolar. Right. But to me, either the either if that if the if Koontz's play was an interception, then the Kolar one should have been an interception, right. in my opinion. Yeah, and I guess – and I rewatched it the next morning, and the, and the broadcast even said it. The ESPN broadcast was like, I'm pretty sure all these reviews are right, but it's bad that, like, <laughs> every single review is going Iowa State's way. You know? And they like, were so close, too. Yeah. The, the Daydream Taylor one, I think that was the right call, but I've seen that play – up be upheld before right and i think that's the thing is the fact that it was called an interception i don't know if like like you said i don't know if there's enough to review it to heck today i watched the the tech cinematic recap you know where they have the the cameras on the sideline and they're playing the uh, the radio broadcast and the miles price the the smash route that basically won the game in my opinion because sir Roderick scores on the next play um like I cannot believe that wasn't reviewed for targeting. Like I, the, the angle that we get on the broadcast, like in the real, it doesn't look like targeting the angle that they get on the field, like where the ref would have been looks like clear as day targeting. Like I cannot believe, I think, and I guess that's what I'm getting to. Like, how do you not review that? I'm glad. What about Eric Monroe's hit on Kolar? On one of their last drives, I thought that was close. Okay, see, I don't remember that one. So maybe, maybe the one where he he lit him up. He uh, it was late in the game. Uh, Oh, I thought that was Pierce. Oh, I'm thinking of Pearson some other time. But yeah, I guess I guess my point and like with the the fact that Cumbie had to call a timeout and you don't even give him like the courtesy like I'll go look at the monitor. Like I mean. We've seen, and I, you know, everyone's made this point. We've seen so much less be reviewed. Like how, how are you so sure, you know, on a play that's so like, they didn't even call it immediately. So they weren't even sure immediately. And yet they're so sure in that call that they're not even going to go check. It's just weird to me. Like, why not check? I think and that that's you. really what got the fans going. You were there. I mean, you know. Yeah. 
And then one of the most bizarre things, and I talked a little bit about it on in, on Red Raider Sports in my recap, but the second to last play on offense for Iowa State, they um, throw it to a tight end who wasn't Kolar and it wasn't the backup tight end who's really good. It was like a third guy. And it's just like he dives for it and it's just out of reach of him. And he's open. Yeah. But we called a timeout. They had ran the ball, uh, maybe even out of the wildcat, and we we blew it up. And so we call a timeout. Our guys are running onto the to the field. Their their offense is lined up, and our defense out of the timeout is running out there. And within, I mean, a second of our of our guys lining up opposite of them, there is maybe five seconds left on the play clock. And Kolar is like pointing up at it, jumping up and down. Yeah. They barely get the snap off, and there's there's like a lot of dysfunction. And for, for no reason, really, Purdy kind of throws off his back foot and misses the guy. But I just can't help but wonder if they're set and lined up and they weren't rushed if he hits that guy. I, I don't I don't understand why they didn't reset the play clock. Something screwy happened on that play as well. Yeah. And then, of course, then the next play is when Purdy runs, scrambles, and, and Schooler pushes him out of bounds. I mean, um, I, I, I don't know if he, if he had the – awareness to slide or to try to stay in bounds. Cause if he stays in bounds, we don't kick that field goal. 30 seconds runs off. Yeah. I was one like at the stadium, the way he ran out of bounds, like where we were, I, we were sitting kind of in the opposite end zone. I thought that he got it. I thought that he got the first. That's the only thing I could think of as to why he went out of bounds. And then like, I look at the re- the replay and it's really not close. And so I, I, mean, I was thinking like, you were like, what, this is like, he's a super senior, right? Like, and he, like, that may have cost him the game going out of bounds. Like, it wasn't like Schooler was going to get a big hit on him either way, but it was, it was just weird. And, you know, the, the officiating goes into it. The moving sections goes into it. The fact that like the crowd wasn't great, but it was loud was weird too. Like those games are always weird to me where it, it seems so amped, but then you look around and it's like not that full, but it was loud. I don't know. It was, it was just a weird night, but it was loud. I mean, yeah. it, was a, it was a raucous crowd. There was no, it was one of the most disappointing numbers wise crowds that I've seen. Yeah. I mean, I've and been to some weird games that were bad because it, it was 11 AM and yeah. But that for a non 11 a.m. game, it was so bad. Yeah. So bad. And like the West Side where we're sitting, like it just kept getting thinner and thinner. It was so, it was weird. Yeah. I guess like this, this, the students, they didn't really show up. And then the, like the paid seats, like I, they just kept leaving. It was, it was really unusual. Like I don't know what was going on, but like I said, it, it was just loud. Added. Huh? I mean, there were, there were multiple false starts that were from the crowd. Yes. Yeah, especially after they cleared the the sections. Um, I really thought we were going to get a stop there. Like, I thought, like, and when we didn't, I was like, oh, great, here we go. Um, yeah, we had a three and out. But that goes, I mean, I guess that kind of brings me, like, the actual football-wise. I, I mean, I don't think – I don't think it's possible to be more impressed with what Tech did offensively with a – a quarterback in his very first college start against a defense that has completely dominated us. And then to do something that like no tech offense as good as they've been has ever been able to do against Matt Campbell. I mean, it's just the, the more I look at it, the more ridiculous it is because not only was it done, it wasn't done with like smoke and mirrors. It was like, you're the best run defense that, you know, 
top five run defense in the country, we're, we're going to run the ball at you <laughs> and do it successfully. And that opened everything up. So like, it wasn't, it wasn't some kind of, it wasn't trick play. I mean, there was a trick play, but it wasn't like all trick plays and screens. It was just like, we're going to take your strength and see, like do it over and over again. And it was just impressive. Yeah. There was very little lateral quick game stuff because they, they just snuffed that out in the last however many years we played them. When you yeah. think about the, the first half we had, uh, I think, five possessions. Oh, no, okay, we had six possessions in the first half. Four of them were touchdowns. One of them was a one-minute drill field goal, which was like, so that's as good as a touchdown. It's as, probably about as good as we could have got yeah, in that yeah. situation. And then the other one is a fluky interception where we hit the guy for a first down right in the chest and it, just a tough bang-bang play. I mean, that first half it was flawless except for that one. I mean, that, I'm pretty sure we would have scored on that drive yeah. if, if Koontz would have caught it. Um, it. It really was. And and everybody's kind of talked about that first third convert, third and six conversion. Of course, third and 11, and they jump off sides. Yeah. That was yeah. big. Yeah. I don't know if we're running the same play and we picked that up. I mean, that's first freshman start, his first possession facing a third and 11. I could see us doing something rather conservative in that moment. But, uh, yeah, that first half was just – a Cumby was <laughs> – almost flawless and and the players too you know right executing and um donovan was he's pretty good i think yeah yeah i mean and you and like when i went back and watched the film and i posted the the offensive analysis on red Earth sports but it's you can tell <clears throat> as the game wore on what his mobility were, was doing to those iowa state linebackers like I mean, you saw the holes created in the second half and our offensive line played well. And it was really interesting to like read some of the Iowa state beat writers tweets that are like, you know, the, the tech offensive line is mashing the Iowa state defense or, you know, the tech offensive line is, you know, doing whatever they want against this Iowa state defensive line. It's like, what world are we living in? You know, when is he like as bad as we've said that offensive line has been, but anyway, but like we finally punished them for, for having light boxes. Right. You know, like, exactly. That's what they've been doing to us. They would have five, six guys in the box and we'd run it and they just would blow it up. Yeah. But yeah. like the first touchdown, the Taj Brooks run, which I think we may have checked into it. I mean, they, they don't have, they don't have the numbers. There were five yep. guys in the box and it's yep. we're inside the 10 yard line. Yep. And like, you know, you just watch it and you know, we were comboing to the second level, you know, like, when there were times when the linebackers were taking um, Donovan Smith on the read and he gave it and like there was nobody to combo to. And so those those linemen were just like killing blocks, like guys were ending up on the ground. Like it was just a performance. I don't know. Like I didn't expect because, like I said, it was OK. You're you're the you know, you're one of the best run defenses. Well, we're going to run it right at you. And then you could. You could see, and that's been what we've both said for years about that Iowa State defense. If you if you can run the ball on them, it puts them in situations where they're going to do things they don't want to do. They're going to they, they can't sit back eight deep. Like they're going to have to bring some guys close to the line of scrimmage. And we saw that open up. I mean, almost immediately on that fourth and six, where I mean Donovan has several options. I think he could have swung it to Sirodrick for the first down, and then he's. You know, but the they end up doubling Izukama. They leave a spy for Donovan, which means like we have the numbers in the secondary, and Miles Price just runs right by his guy, and Donovan puts it on it. Like it was, yeah. you can just tell how it all kind of fits together when you're able to to run the ball effectively. And I thought that was a great play call. And yeah, you're right. I think we could have thrown it to 
and you're talking about fourth and six in the first half. I want to yeah. say, I, yeah, uh, we go I think for it was it. seven seven at the time. Yeah, that made throw, it seven. Yeah, we throw it to Miles Price deep, and like catches it and falls into the end zone. You know their their defense when they have these those three safeties playing back. I mean, it's really hard to get behind them and throw it deep. And yeah. but when it's fourth and six and they're all worried about the first down, that that's the time you do it. And, yeah. Um, we yeah. I guess put a lot of faith into Donovan and he. Through you know Miles Miles Price is good man yeah he's good yes and we were remember early in the season he wasn't getting the ball and we were talking like please you know we need to that was kind of when Ezekama was catching every we right. were throwing at him every time and it's nice to see him kind of be in, involved and because he yeah. is electric yes he's tough. he's tough he makes tough catches it seems like yeah. he's one of those guys that. Every time he gets hit, it looks like the hardest hit anybody could possibly take, <laughs> like every single time. But yeah. it's probably just because he's smaller. But but I think that in like what you said, the reason he was able to run right by the slot corner that was on him was because the one deep safety doubled Izukama, and there was no help over the top, and, and he ran right well, by him. Izukama, I mean, my goodness, that guy, <laughs> he is unbelievable. I, I really am trying to because he. I think he'll be the first guy to lead tech in receiving three years in a row since in the last 25 years. And yeah, he's, um, I mean, he's always open. If the guy is on, is holding on to him, you know, wrapped around him, he's still open. Just yeah. throw it. I mean, and it'll be interesting. You know, I, I don't know if you listened to him today, but he was talking, he was kind of licking his chops at Oklahoma state because they, they play nothing but man, man yeah. coverage. And he's thinking, I can, um, don't blame him. He's probably thinking I'm going to be open every time. I mean, I'm sure they'll double him and be aware of him because it, the secret. There's no secret about Ezekama. He, everyone, I think, in the conference, whether they vote him as a as a first team All Conference or not, I, I don't think there's many people wondering whether or not he's the best receiver in the conference. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were laughing earlier about you know, I can't remember if it was his. Yeah, it was the first goal line fade that he caught. That was such a weird ball from Donovan Smith. It was like, it was almost like he shot a basketball and Izukama was like there for the offensive rebound. Like the way he boxed out that DB and just kind of caught it. It was very unusual, but that's when he ran, ran off the field doing the two small. Uh, I think that was the second one. Was it I the think, second one? I think it was the second one. He, he was rocking the baby and doing the, the two small with yeah. his hand. Yeah, that. Yeah. He was, was feeling himself as he should have fired been. up. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the having Donovan run over to the sideline, we, our offense, our tempo as was drastically different. We, yeah, I was kind of surprised because I was looking at those numbers today. Oklahoma state is, has a very high fast paced offense. Yeah. Which you wouldn't, which I wasn't really expecting that just based on how much they run the ball, but ours is up there too, maybe even first or second fastest in the conference, but it was not that way Saturday. I mean, we were huddling. I mean, it, I hadn't really seen a tech offense like that. And I don't know the last time when, I mean, where we were huddling and like not even getting lined up until there was 10 seconds on the play clock. And it yeah. was because Donovan's running over the sideline. And I, I wonder, you know, cause we have, Every game we're playing less and less guys on defense. Yeah. And I think there may be some complimentary stuff going on there where Cumbie's okay. I mean, there's no sense in us going fast if we're going to be playing 12 guys on defense. And it was huge. I mean, I, it, I don't know if we win the game without that nine minute drive because we played 50 something snaps on defense in the second half 
which nearly killed our defense. Yeah, oh yeah. They only played 20, about 25 in the first half, which kept yeah. them really fresh. And it was because of that nine minute drive in the middle of the, maybe it was in between first and second quarter. I mean, that was yeah. a, it was 15 play, just methodical. There was quarterback design runs every third play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was unbelievable. Yeah. And it was something, you know, I'm sitting in my seat trying to figure out why, you know, you're basically doing what 90% of middle schools do where you, you know, you call the quarterback over, tell him to play, you know, he's repeating it a couple of times as he runs back to the huddle in his head so that he gets it right. I'm not saying Donovan was doing that, but you know, that's what it looked like. And then I, I couldn't decide if it was, are we trying to slow the game down? Like you said, limit the possessions for our defense. Are we trying to make sure Donovan's on the same page, you know, just being it's his first start. Um, I did not expect Cumbie's answer, which was sign stealing from Oklahoma state. Like, I don't know if that was maybe just to throw Oklahoma state off saying like, Hey, we're not going to, you know, this was just a one game thing. We're not going to huddle. And then we'll, you know, we'll actually huddle on Saturday night. I, I don't know what, what that was about, but I just, that was not the answer I was expecting. Cause like you said, it worked in our favor and it's in a lot of different ways. And I also wonder if Cumbie, you know, I don't think, I think he would probably prefer to be in the box. He said, it's like a controlled environment. You kind of, you, you, you know, you're like less emotional up there. You can see what's going on, yeah. but if, but putting him on the field, it, the only way to kind of flip it into a positive is if he could literally talk to our quarterback in between every play. Yeah. And, and that's what we did. You know, I mean, I'm yeah. sure that's the, like maybe the only positive for him being on the field is if he had that is having that ability. And so like, why not do it? Yeah. Uh, especially with it being, you know, Donovan's first, uh, first start. Cause you know, like just little things like on, third down, third and nine or something, you know, he's probably telling him there's nothing wrong with a five-yard r- scramble if no one's open because we're right. going to go for it. Yeah. You know, like little little things like that. Um, but it's, you know, it's our um, defense played really – Iowa State has a very good offense. Yeah. I mean, they've been extremely productive um, the whole year, and they were playing well uh, coming into the game. I mean – our defense may have won the game. I think we won the game in the first half, and it was yeah, with our yeah. defense and our offense. But um, and they should have had more. Could have easily had more turnovers, uh, which would have made the, that, that. You know, there was there's definitely worlds out there where that was like a 21 point win. You know? Oh, but I mean, like, I would say without you take away two bogus, you know, bogus in quotes, depending on who you ask, reviews, and that game's over like early. But you don't get the 62-yarder, which was pretty awesome. But I don't know. I would have taken it either way. Um, you know, there were, you know, obviously last week, someone on Red Area Sports called our podcast a commercial for Cumby and asked if we were his agents. Um, and so if, if that were the case and that, you know, and that was a job interview, I don't think you could have done it any better <laughs> than what he did. And, and you know, you we've pulled some of the – you know, some of the analytics from the the other big 12 offenses and I mean, tech is right there at the top, not only in the conference, but in the country. And then you do it against an Iowa state team. That's just, you know, limited you in every way for the, you know, half a decade. And it's just, it's just impressive every way you look at it. And I think it starts with, with Sonny. Yeah. I said, it's the most yards per play that that defense has allowed ever 7.97 
what the only time the only other offenses that gained more than seven yards per play was like Notre Dame, OU, and Oklahoma State over that time frame. Uh, we gained over sixty percent of available yards, and which is that they it's only happened like a couple times. I think OU did it once or twice, and UT did it once in the last three or four years. Yeah, I mean, if it was a interview, he knocked it out of the park. And it's I was like joking with you. I mean, it's almost like some of those um, advanced numbers we were looking at are predictive because yeah. we going into the game if you looked at those you would say one person would say okay tech has a really good offense yeah and, I mean, if anybody's going to play well against iowa state's defense it's going to be this group and so and they they did i wasn't expecting it for for sure just because yeah. we were starting a, a guy for his first start and then of course an even tougher task this week i mean if you now Oklahoma State hasn't played OU or us, and that's now we're kind of in that conversation where if you haven't played us, your defense is going to look a lot better. Yeah, because because we're, we're moving the ball uh, pretty well. But they are, you know, like Georgia, they're everyone's kind of talking about their defense. It's like at this historic pace where it doesn't even matter what happens, it'll be like one of the most effective or efficient defenses ever. Yeah, well, that's Oklahoma State is doing that within the Big 12. Yeah. Yeah, they've allowed one, I mean it's crazy, one point per drive in Big 12 possessions. Um the the best that you can find in the last I was kind of looking like since in the newly formed Big 12 since West Virginia and TCU is like 1.5. So they're 33% better than the best defenses in Big 12 recent history. Yeah. Um they're They've allowed a touchdown on 11% of Big 12 possessions. And that's three times better than the conference average. And that conference average includes them. So yeah. um, they've, they're have they forcing a punt or a turnover on 67% of Big 12 possessions. And the next highest is Iowa State, like 55. The, I mean, this defense is unbelievable. Um, and they do it differently than – they do it differently than Iowa State. Like, they're, they seem far more aggressive – and I think you can tell that just, you know, with their turnover numbers, with their sack numbers, with their pressure yeah. numbers, they're like you mentioned earlier, their man coverage numbers. Like it's they have four down linemen. Yeah, it's it's very it looks different than Iowa State does. Um and it's so like you know, I said last I didn't think tech would win last week because I didn't think you were gonna be able to run the ball. This and I and I think that's the, that was the key to winning last week. And, and to to me this week, it almost seems like which goes back to, I guess, just football in general, but don't, don't give them free possessions because their offense isn't very good and then convert, you know, convert on third and fourth down. And I think you'll have a chance. Yeah. Their offense has been shaky. Now they're playing, they're coming off. They played maybe their best game ever last Saturday. And and maybe you could say that about us too. It's like two teams coming off their best uh, games of the year, Um, but they're now their offense has holes in it. It's, it's a bottom third, Big 12 offense. Yeah. And, but some context when you have <clears throat> historically great defense, you don't have to play, you know, that, that great of an offense. Like if they had our defense, their numbers would probably be better because they would be having to push the ball downfield in all these games. Yeah. Or at least some of them that we played in. Um, but, and then that's, then you have the bizarre aspect of they're going to try to just run it down our throats and uh, either, we have our defense is either going to just, I guess, blow them up entirely, or they're going to have 600 yards rushing. I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. That that's a good way to transition into the defense because we've talked about how bizarre this defense has been all season. And, you know, there are a couple different ways to look at it. 
one hypothesis is that Keith Patterson was trying to get Matt Wells fired, which I don't think neither one of us think is true. They saw the TCU and Texas performance. Um, probably the more accurate one is when we've talked about that on here is TCU spread us out in traditional four wide, you know, three by one. They didn't have an H back. They didn't have a tight end when they did their run game was a lot less effective. So maybe it's just those spread formations that really mess up whatever Patterson's trying to do on defense or against TCU. We thought, let's try this, these psycho fronts with, you know, guys moving all over the place at the snap. Let's try to, let's, let's try to stunt. Let's try to slant. Let's try to, um, you know, send run blitzes and it just didn't work. And so I, I, I tend to believe that, it was because TCU, like TCU tore us up because they spread us out and we just weren't used to it. Like, that's what's weird. People have talked about the changing Big 12 and, you know, you don't just have four wide, five wide. You've got all, you know, you've got you know 12 personnel, 21 personnel. You've got all these different packages. Heck, Oklahoma State's going to run like a diamond formation, three back, four, you know, three backs with a quarterback back in the backfield. And I think if that's the case, Actually, I like Tech's chances against against that offense um, because I think we've we've seen Oklahoma State is stubborn when it comes to running the ball. Like if it doesn't work, they're gonna they're not gonna they don't have a Charlie Kolar to throw it out to. Like they're going to keep running the ball, and I don't know if we play them straight up, <clears throat> which has been more often than not now is basically just TCU. I I, I don't know. I, I, this defense shown it can stop the run. Yeah, no, I, I I agree that they are going to get like big heavy personnel, and they've got a big running back, and try to do that to us. And they've kind of simplified, I guess, things for Spencer Sanders. You know, yeah. he's not like they don't run the RPOs anymore. Yeah, that they used to with them when we destroyed them two years ago. Yeah, and so I like that aspect too because I think that sh- stresses the defense when you're worried about the RPO stuff, which was what TCU in Texas was doing to us. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's, you know, I, you're, would you be surprised if they had 400 yards rushing? I think I would. I, I really do because I mean, <clears throat> to me, the Texas game, you just, you were just outclassed and I don't, and I don't think that if you played that game 10 times, I don't think it would ever go like that again. Um, you couldn't get lined up. Even when you did, you you just seemed like you didn't really feel like playing football that day. It was very, it was very weird. Um, and so, like, I, if you throw that out, it's really just TCU that has torched you on the ground. And that, to me, that was because of the formations they got in and the, the spread. And Oklahoma State's not going to do that. And our defensive line's playing well. Yeah. They're like Devin Drew, Tyree Wilson, Jalen Hutchings. Yeah. And then Tony Bradford only he played like 25 or 30 snaps last week. Yeah. So hopefully he's kind of getting back. Tyree Wilson has been an animal for three he or has. four weeks. Yeah. And and so we'll see. Yeah. And then and there's like uh, bizarre with our per, you know, like Adrian Fry doesn't play anymore. Yeah, uh, I don't know what happened to Josiah Pierre. I don't even remember seeing him. He played a lot in the last couple of weeks, but he didn't play at all. Krishan Merriweather, who was like banished after the UT game, played every snap. And had a Saturday. great game. So, I, I yeah, I would expect to see the same 
kind of plan where um, we will try to slow it down and get away with playing 12 guys on defense, which is scary. And it's, um, it, it's I guess, I don't know if it's unfortunate or, or, or what, because going into the season, like our depth on defense was what we were kind of excited to see. Yeah. And like, here we are at the end of the season and we're in the same spot we've, we've kind of been in the last couple of years where we're, except I guess the only difference is normally we're forced to play 12 guys. Now we are electing to do it. Right. Yeah. And what, and I've, I've mentioned this a few times, like I think our linebackers struggle in like the reason I don't think we can rush three and drop eight. Well, for one, we can't get to the passer, even though we've shown we can, we can do that a little better now that Tyree Wilson has come on, but and two, like our linebackers just aren't good in zone coverage. And we saw it several times on Saturday, like Brees Hall's best plays were when basically like he was matched up with Rico or uh, even Schooler a few times and then Krishan a couple of times. But what our linebacking core is really good at, they're basically like, it's basically like having four more defensive linemen out there. Like they, they love to hit you. They, they come downhill and they, they want to stop the run. They want to take on blocks, which is why I think we're better when it's all compact, when there's an H back in there, when there's a tight end in there, when you've got two backs, which is what Oklahoma state likes to do. I mean, that plays to the strength of those linebackers. Um, But then, you know, to me, what concerns me the most is just the play action game where like they have some good receivers their tight ends can do some things in the passing game their backs can do things in the passing game so like that's to me where like we sell out to stop the run and sanders has a good day like that that to me is where this game is easily lost i agree it's yeah and that's similar to the kansas state game when everyone was kind of freaking out about our run defense and on here we were like well you know i think we probably can sell out and stop the run but if Skylar Thompson's going to have a field day yeah, and he threw it on us pretty effectively and they didn't run the ball on us. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. I think we could, um, I think you have to, I think you have to sell out to stop the run, but I, I do agree that it's probably going to lead to guys running, running free. Um, and although I think, you know, like Rayshad Williams is playing, playing well and Always we're, we're getting better, you know, like Danger yeah. and Taylor. Yes. And that's Cooper, who I was about to say. Yeah. Eric Monroe. And some of these guys are, were, you know, kind of starting, which you expected when you have a defense with a bunch of new guys to be, you know, the hope would be that they're playing a lot better week 11 or 12, whatever it is than at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, as much as that was like Donovan's, like Iowa state was Donovan Smith's coming out party and like miles price to an extent. I mean, Dadron Taylor played an incredible game. He should have had two picks. He was all over the place, like hitting people, making plays, um, like for a guy who struggled when Marquise Waters first got hurt and he had to take over, it was really cool to see him play that well. Um, and then that's going to be the key to me. Like, can you force sand? Like we've seen it. I mean, didn't he, he himself between fumbles and picks had five turnovers the last time they played in Lubbock Isn't that right. Or was it four? It was four or five. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, I mean, we've seen, he, I mean, like we've seen it. And so it's just a matter of, of doing it again. And, and we've talked, me, me, you, and Ben Golan, our writer of sports, have, have talked about how different, how different that defense looked when we forced him into that many turns, how aggressive it was. And so it'll be interesting to see if you, you know, if Patterson brings some of that film back up. But I mean, you also had Jordan Brooks who could kind yeah. of do some things. So I also think their offense has changed. They were 
they're not doing, I think they've made adjustments to take all that, to take some of that pressure off of Spencer yeah. Sanders. Yeah. And they, they said, uh, I guess Chuba Hubbard back then and, and they were, they were trying to get him the ball, which I, I think that's, you know, I have some friends that are Oklahoma state fans. And that's something they get frustrated with is like, they're going to do what they're going to do. <laughs> you know, it's like if tech keeps stopping the run, they are, they are going to keep running the ball, you know, which I, I think could benefit us if our offense is able to keep us in the game. Yeah. Yep. We need another fast start yes. like last week. It's going to be tough. They're, it's going to be tough. You know, I, I think, the line, the line's probably what I would make it, you know, 10 and a half points and gives us like a 20, 20 something percent chance of winning. Yeah. Seven, maybe closer to 30. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's, it'd be fun to ruin their season. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the role we're in right now. Like we can do that. We did it to Iowa state. We can do it to Oklahoma state and we can do it to Baylor at the end of the year. And that's kind of a, it's not where we wanted to be, but it's kind of a fun consolation prize considering how the past couple of weeks have gone. And you know, I'm just going to say one thing too. I've seen some people on Twitter, like text bowl eligible, they should, you know, and they fired their coach. They should thank Matt Wells. And first of all, stop telling tech fans how to appreciate a bowl game. Like stop. I don't, we don't need to hear it. It doesn't need to be said. Like we'll, we'll just appreciate a bowl game, how we're going to appreciate a bowl game. And, and two, it annoys me how there seems to be no recognition of maybe there's a correlation between firing a coach and getting and improving a coach that had shown, you know, several in several examples to struggle with, you know, in-game management and recruiting and just overall getting, you know, getting a team ready to play. Maybe there's something to what Cumbie is doing in a game pre-game at halftime, you know, like, I don't know. I just had to, I saw a bunch of that today on Twitter. I just probably need to stay off Twitter, but it just annoys me. Like, stop telling me how to. If Tech wins out, I, I'm going to see more of it, and it's going to drive me insane. But I had to get that off my chest now. I agree. Yeah. If we win again, yeah, it'll only get louder. Yeah. The, that we fired our coach, and <laughs> I'd love that. That'd be great. Yeah. It'd, it'd be. I mean, it honestly would be. It'd be like best case scenario, for, you know. But it. it it just annoys me that there's no, absolutely no recognition of the fact that like those two things could be, you know, in common. The fact that play has improved and that the coach was fired, but whatever, that's beside the point. Um, anything else football wise, Iowa state or Oklahoma state? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, it was just so awesome. If you can, if you can get to Jones stadium on Saturday, get to Jones stadium on Saturday, because it's one thing we've said all year. I mean, these, the, this group that they're going to be honoring these these seniors and and guys like Yuzukama who we don't know what his future is going to look like. I mean, they deserve all the support that that we can give them this last game. So get out there if you can get out there. Um, but I wanted to give you a chance to just give a little. You know, we're three games into the basketball season, and I know you've you've done some um, some you know looked up some stats on the rebounding and the offense and all that kind of stuff. I with the little I've watched, I've watched like a game and a half. And I told you before we hit record, I just like the look of the offense. Like uh, I compared it to uh, um, the new football coaching staff's philosophy of see a stud, offer a stud. I feel like if we see a good shot, we're taking a good shot. And it's, it's, it's a, it's good to see after the last few years of offense. Yeah. We definitely have more freedom against Grambling. We attempted 30 threes, which 
is I'm pretty sure it's the most we've ever attempted in a 40 minute game in tech basketball history. It's the most since at least 2002. And the only other time that we attempted 33s were overtime games, the national championship game, and then the loss to Creighton in 2020, I guess, which it's, that's odd that we're doing. It's grambling. We probably could have gotten better shots than jacking up threes, but um, so, but I just think that's kind of a tell that we, we do have more freedom. Um, I, yeah, it, it's early and we haven't played anybody. So you can't really make any sweeping judgments, but um, I'm a, I don't know if I'm, I'm not worried, but our defense is not there yet. And Adam said that we haven't really been working on it. We've been working on playing offense together and kind of the yeah. defense will um, come around, um, but we're, we're just bigger. And so, you know, O'Banner has some limitations. Um, Bryson Williams is big and, and, and we, you know, we're still kind of switching everything. So we just have some bigger guys that are going to be guarding on the perimeter. And it's probably, you know, from like a Ken Palm efficiency standpoint, you know, this is not going to be, I don't think like we've seen in the past from in, in terms of having like just this unbelievable defense, I think it'll still be effective. And I think odds are the, offense that we gain by playing some of these guys like O'Banner um, will offset whatever negative consequences there are defensively. But yeah. I, I do think that we, it's, it's apparent that we're going to be hanging our hat on offensive rebounding. Um, we've, we've had two his two of our games so far have been like the most offensive rebounds we've ever gotten from a percentage wise. Um, and then we're number one in the country by like a l- huge margin in offensive rebound percentage. And it makes sense. We're just big. We just have these functionally large guys, like at every position, you know, like Kevin McCullough is playing point guard. He's huge. And, and like Malik Wilson is a, is kind of, he plays much bigger than six, three and 160 pounds or whatever he yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, Bryson Williams plays much bigger. O'Banner is not a freak athlete, but he is a, he's a good rebounder. He's a yeah. big dude. And he like goes in there and, bangs around with people um so but i don't you know we're going to be playing some really big athletic teams this year and it they may be able to box us out right it'll be kind of interesting to see what how what what happens when that isn't when we're not just getting so many offensive rebounds and putbacks around right do you think the uh the defense and like the the shots that we're getting on offense have anything to do with the uptick and pace because i know that i think that was like a point like we were going to play faster and so i wonder if the defense is, is kind of a, a side effect of that i i think possibly i haven't i wouldn't i don't really think that any of these teams have punished us necessarily i think that we might play a team that can but yeah i don't know if any of these teams have really taken advantage of that because he even like going into like last year and the year before in these non-conference games, I think what Beard, I really honestly think before the December signing day, we would play a lot faster and kind of as like a to a sell to Jemias <laughs> Ramsey or um who's Namari Burnett. Yes, that we were playing it that we weren't just like playing slow it down motion. Uh, and in those games, it was hurting us. I mean, the uh, but I don't I don't know if we necessarily has and, and for this team, because we are athletic. I mean, we, you know, we can get back and, 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 and train, you know, we can play fast and still be able to recover uh, at right. least from what I've seen, but we do, we don't have that shot blocker type guy 
Um, I guess because you know Tariq Owens, they just don't make those everywhere. Um, but if you're going to play big and kind of possibly get beat off the dribble some, that's going to be helpful. You know, some of these teams we play are going to be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah, but, that's that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Not having like, we also haven't seen Tanner Shannon yet. Yeah, that's a good point too. I keep I I keep forgetting that honestly, um, which is frustrating. But I mean, I mean, adding a, an NBA, a first round NBA pick to your team might make a difference. Maybe we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, it's just almost impossible to know for sure what this team is going to be for probably a couple of weeks. But just wanted to, to get a little check in. So, anything else? On that or football wise, that you thought Bryson of? Williams is good. Yes, that is. I found that out. Yes, very. He's really, really good. I mean, yeah. he's so hard to stop. Yeah. Basket. He is as advertised. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he's like, he's over 75% from the field. Davion Warren's good too. Yes. Yeah. Really good. I just like the intensity that all these guys play with because I know that was a thing that was always like, like the beard said that he was recruiting like intensity, but it also seemed like, like Micah Peavy was one of these guys who like, if he played with the intensity he was capable of playing with, he would have been a monster, but he always seemed really timid, like offensively and defensively, but like these, like Davion Warren, Adonis arms, like all these guys do not, they are not timid at like they are playing up to their level of intensity and athleticism. And it's pretty great to see. Yep. So, all right. That's it. That was uh, that was a fun that was a fun podcast to record. Hope let's let's go ruin another season, and uh, we'll see you at the Jones on Saturday.